And now, for another episode of The Rich and the Filthy, the serial melodrama about the filthy and the rich. Starring in alphabetical order, Manny Cassius, Susie Q. Davis, Jonathan D. Krause, Kirsten Leister, Marley Rebecca, Scott Sawyer, Josh Sperling, Stephen Sperling, and Camilla Upchurch. With special guest star, Jerry Beasley! Hooray! Boo! Boo? Who said that? I did. And who are you? I'm a bitter old man, and here's my story. A story? We, we don't have time for your story. Quiet! When I was a child, my younger sister had a doll. It was a doll of a kindly old woman named Mrs. Beasley. Kindly, that doll was possessed, but only I knew. Only I could see it roaming the halls at night, picking up kitchen knives, turning up the gas on the stove, leaving roller skates at the top of the stairs. One night she poured gasoline all over herself and lit a match. She went up in flames, which spread throughout the entire house. My entire family perished, but I escaped. The police blamed me. I spent my childhood in a correctional facility, an orphan. I hated outcast, and now I spend my life exacting revenge on anyone with that last name, Beasley. And how do you plan to exact that revenge on our special guest star? Fool! I just got it! You just got your revenge? Where is he? Did you kill him? No! I didn't kill him, you idiot! I shouted boo when you announced his name. (laughs) That's your revenge? I must run. There's another podcast being recorded across town, and they're about to introduce a guest named Betty Peasley. Wait, does that say Peasley? Close enough. Goodbye. Boo, 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 Jerry Peasley. As you'll recall, the intrepid detective puppy with yet another strange voice and his literally straight-jacketed partner, Detective Yawk, visited the bizarre abode of the eccentric scientist and billionaire known only as the Master. I, I never call myself the Master. It just sort of happened. Puppy had a strange idea for getting help with his cases. He wanted to use the interdimensional portal the Master had created to peer the past. And I said the idea was dangerous. And it is. Shut up. Why do these stupid characters think they can interrupt me? The master has now left the room. We can eavesdrop on Puppy and Yawk. Let's listen. Uh, you never said anything about my new voice. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to think about it. I mean, getting all excited over your weird voice changes is why I'm still in this straitjacket. I'm sorry about that, Yawk. Hope it doesn't chafe. When are they gonna let me out of this thing? I know I try to take a shower, but God only knows how much it's gonna smell when they take it off. Where do you suppose the master went? How should I know? You know more about this guy than I do. Well, he can stay gone for all I care. I mean, gives me the creeps. He looks exactly like Rich Little. Sorry, I had to step away. As I was saying, puppy, the idea is dangerous. Why? I... I have a lot less control over this interdimensional portal than you think I do. You should know that from your last visit. 
I was as surprised as you when the portal suddenly opened up here in the study. I thought you created this portal for the good of mankind. Well, this man... Man? With a butch female voice. This man could use it for law enforcement. Wasn't that why you brought me into this project in the first place? Weren't you the one manipulating my voices? I didn't know what the purpose was, and I don't know why I have a new voice now. I I may have given you the false impression that I was a a bit more in control of these phenomena than I was. May have? Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm frightened. Just a moment ago, while I was in the bathroom, I found myself interacting with a narrator. I was doing it before I even realized I was doing it. What are you saying? Yeah. What the hell is either one of you saying? You should both be wearing this straight jacket. I'll give it to you straight. I think we're characters in a radio soap opera. And I think my ill-conceived ideas for studying parallel worlds has somehow linked our world to another. A world where people listen to the soap opera we're on. What? What? And that link is why we notice things we shouldn't. It's why we notice the speech of a narrator. It's why we notice when when a new actor plays one of our characters. Well, you're saying that my voice changes because... Because different actors are playing you. Usually it's a male actor named uh, Manila or Manfred or something... Sometimes it's a woman named Cam something or come something, and, and now you're being played... Uh, hey, hey, who plays me? I mean, she must be good because she always says what I want her to say. <laughs> what am I saying? Where are you getting this information? I, I'm getting it in pieces. It's fuzzy. I, I can't always control the portal, and I'm not sure I want to. Wait, this makes no sense. One time, another cop had my voice, and I had his at the same exact time. If the actors are present, why wouldn't they just play their original characters? I I don't know. I I don't have all the answers, but I think I may have kind of screwed things up. There's the portal again. Yeah, like a 3D movie. Master, did you turn that thing on? No. No, puppy, I didn't. That's Mr. and Mrs. Forrest. Uh, Rebecca, you don't often come visit me at my office, especially when you know we're getting so close to introducing our new line. I don't often feel this... desperate. You? Desperate? And overwhelmed. You? Overwhelmed? Beaten. You? Beaten? And helpless. You? Helpless? Yes, me, helpless. You think I can't be helpless? Okay, okay, you're helpless. Just let go of my tie. I know you see me as this force of nature. I'm a woman who knows what she wants and gets it. Yes, that sounds about right. Aaron, if I always get what I want, then why is our marriage falling apart? I I don't want that. No, I, I suppose you don't. Then why is it falling apart? Why is my whole life falling apart? I I don't don't know. I'm sorry. Aaron, I know we've been at odds lately, but we've got to start working together. Put up a united front. It's not just our marriage at stake, it's our whole family. 
Yes, I know. Sean is losing his mind. Uh, his mind, his marriage, and he may want to kill his own brother. I, I still can't believe it. Then there's Angelique. Dr. Morberry says she can recover, but I don't know if I can trust him. And you still haven't accepted her as your daughter. Oh, rip off of me, I... And now, Morberry wants Ted to take care of her again. What? Ted Waffell? Morberry says it's all a misunderstanding between me and Ted. But nothing makes sense. I still don't know why Ted betrayed me after 18 years of loyal service. Loyal, I'll bet it was. And... Then your mother moved into the house, and then she brought... Blanda. Blanda? I know that name. Blanda. College? You mean Blanda Hogan, your sweetheart from school? That's who you've been seeing, Blanda Hogan. This is boring. No, no, I like this. Doesn't Rebephany Forrest sound different? Someone new must be playing her. Yeah, what a great actress. She's breaking my heart. I say we change the channel. Puppy, don't touch that dial. Look, you changed the picture. Oh my God, my God, puppy. Look what you've done. You switched it to a commercial. for a miracle, a real miracle, a good one. Not one of them nasty miracles like frogs everywhere or drinking water turned to blood, no. You're no Egyptian oppressing the Israelites. You deserve better. Well, what is this miracle, you holler? What do you call this wonderful gift from the Lord? This miracle that's like water turned to wine and nothing like boils on my skin. What is this miracle's name? Friends, the miracle is called Ghost Spoon. Ghost Spoon? What in tarnation is a ghost spoon? Is there a ghost spoon in the Bible? <laughs> is there a ghost spoon in the Bible? Acts 10.44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Judges 6.19, and he put the broth in the pot, and he brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. What do you use to eat broth? A spoon. What kind of spoon are we talking about here? A ghost spoon! But some Christians, I call them Ixtians, because they give neither hoot nor holler about Christ or the Bible. Some Ixtians don't believe in the Holy Ghost Spoon. They just want to forget about judges. They just want to rip out acts. They just love to forget about every single passage that deals with the Holy Ghost Spoon. You're tearing up the Bible. Sure I'm tearing up the Bible. I'm tearing into the Bible with my teeth. I want to eat up the Bible. I want to consume the Holy Word of the Lord. And how do you eat up the Word of the Lord? 
with your chicken greaser fingers, with an unholy knife and fork, with a silver tainted as in thirty pieces of silver tainted spoon? No, sir, no, ma'am! You ate up the word of the Lord with ghost spoon! It's invisible, it's tasteless, it's incorporeal! Incorporeal? What kind of ten dollar word is that? Well, let me tell you, it don't mean nothing else but feelless. That's right, feelless. You can't feel it. It passes right through your mouth as if it weren't even there. And Ghost Spoon don't just spoon up the word of the Lord, no. It spoons up cereal, it spoons up ice cream, it spoons up soup. And for a mere vow, five hundred dollars, Five hundred dollars? Reverend Common, don't you mean five thousand? Five billion trillion? No! For a teeny tiny nothing little vow of five hundred dollars, you get an invisible, tasteless, and feelless holy ghost spoon. But Reverend Common, you ask, what can ghost spoon do for me besides sparing me forever from the metallic taste of the spoon? What can Ghost Spoon do for you? <laughs> what can't it do? Let's take our first caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? I'm a bitter old man. Well, Mr. Old Man, uh, may I call you bitter? I can hear the anguish in your voice, the bitterness, the hatred. And now you want to spoon up some holy love with Ghost Spoon? Can Ghost Spoon help me exactly revenge on my enemies? Ghost Spoon is a friendly ghost, a loving ghost, a holy ghost. For a $1,000 bow? And the Lord saith, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and a holy ghost spoon for all your vengeance needs. Next caller, you're on the air. I'm one of the gender queer. I'm one of the gender queer. Well, if it isn't our favorite knockoff of a popular cartoon character, howdy one all. I'm calling to testify all me problems have been solvicated thanks to Ghost Spoon. Ghost Spoon helped you spoon up an ironclad case against any copyright lawsuit. A hulking copyright lawyer named Bruto tried to sue me. I used new ghost spoon to eat me spit. I mean, me carrots. <laughs> me muscles expanded, and I punched him in the next week. That way, he can make the court date. I just have one prayer. It's to always eat carrots. I'm one of the gender queer. Mm, that's fabulous. Hang up on him, will you, honey? Next caller. My name is Edna, and I got a smoking problem. Ghost Spoon can cure any affliction, combat any craving. I can't smoke my cigarettes fast enough to get all the nicotine I want in a day. Can Ghost Spoon help me with that? Uh, what was your vow again, sweetie? I ain't sweet. I'm bitter. Just like the old man you just had on. Guess what? My son Winston never calls. I just found out I got lung cancer. I need more nicotine in my system to help me forget my problems. For a male vow of five hundred dollars? How come the bitter old man only had to pay a thousand? Wait, which number is higher? Sweetheart, 
I used to be high, high all the time, high on drugs, high on alcohol, high on illicit sex. Now I'm high on Ghost Spoon. You don't need nicotine to help you forget your problems. Ghost Spoon will solve all your problems. Ghost Spoon can cure my lung cancer, get Winston to call me. Can it ever? And you don't even need to pay that $500 vow. A mere 1000 is plenty good enough. Wait. I ain't been in school for years, but I think 1,000 is a higher number than- Next caller, you're on the air! Hey, how long does this go on? I mean, it must be a half-hour infomercial. Uh, come again, ma'am. How long does what go on? Wait, is he- is he talking to me? Uh, ma'am, can you speak up? And yes, I'm talking to you. You're on the air. Holy shit! Uh, holy what, ma'am? Say something, York. Uh, uh... Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like uh, a ghost spoon. For a teeny tiny piddly little $500 vow? Or would you like to feel the full holy effect of the holy ghost spoon for an almost as piddly 600 Uh, on my salary, I better take the $5 ghost spoon. <laughs> uh, hang up on this bitch, will you? Oh, oops, did that go out? <coughs> What just happened? We were able to interact with the images in the portal. Yeah, that preacher talked to me. What are we going to do? Eh, it ain't no big deal. I mean, in this job, I get called a bitch all the time. Puppy, I don't know what we're going to do. I have no control over this. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what any of this means either, folks. I'm starting to get annoyed and perhaps just a touch frightened at the events in this episode. Will they affect me, your humble announcer? Will they affect the actors in our studio? As we spoke our parts, we thought we saw something, an image. It sort of opened up like a hole in the fabric of space and time or or maybe I just had one too many before driving up here. In any event, you will, we hope, learn more in the next insipid episode of The Rich and the Filthy. The Rich and the Filthy is a weekly podcast produced in Indianapolis, Indiana at Playground Productions, owned by musician, tutor, and audio production artist Adam Riviere. The Rich and the Filthy is written by Stephen Sperling. Many episodes include special material by the Rich and the Filthy cast. The Rich and the Filthy theme and other music was written, produced, and recorded by Josh Sperling. The Rich and the Filthy is available on iTunes and Stitcher. The Rich and the Filthy is a Spoonatix production. 